This is a Saddleback Church podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we love to call it. It is the show that helps you grow. My name is Jason. This is Linda. We're on the spiritual growth team here at Saddleback Church. Buddy, you're laughing already. We're starting. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. That's all. Our- <laughs> the show that helps you grow. Oh, that's how we start okay. every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I guess I guess the cat's out of the bag. We got Buddy Owens here with us, Woo-hoo. and uh, today we're talking about the just the jovial topic of spiritual warfare. Uh, <laughs> um, and and we thought, hey, this is a perfect conversation to bring Buddy in to uh, kind of talk through a, a topic that can be uh, really dense. It can be kind of a lot of mystery involved with it. A lot of something that. Uh, maybe people have always been kind of wanting to know more about, but kind of afraid to read the books they see on it or whatever it is. So, so what we hope is that this episode is kind of a, an, an introduction to this topic for maybe some of you who have never thought to kind of spend a little bit of time with it before. And that's kind of where I wanted to start with you, buddy, because I, I've been a believer since I was, you know, a little kid. I grew up going to church. Spiritual warfare is not something that I was uh, initiated into uh, into this topic as a kid. Not something they, they they tend to talk about in the kids' Bibles too much. And so it wasn't until later that I started to you know hear about this, become aware. And even then, it was not a part of my upbringing, my involvement with church. And yet. I can I can see and understand how it can you know it involves us it involves us all it's going on around us and it can read passages like Ephesians six through this lens of like putting on your armor but really that's about temptation and that's about you know how to make good choices during the day and you know how to how to stop the bad thoughts from coming or whatever it is right and so I wanted to just kind of set that as a framework for where many people may be at. And just kind of offer that up to you to say, can you tell us a little bit just about this, this, uh, uh, the spiritual battle, right? Who is who is actually fighting a battle? What is going on? Those are all great questions. <laughs> I could spend a lot of time sitting here talking about this, uh, and I'll I'll do what I can. <clears throat> I, I will start out by saying you'll be amazed at what I don't know. <laughs> Always a good qualifier. <laughs> Always a good qualifier. <laughs> Gives me a way out of many things. Um, so, first of all, spiritual warfare. The term spiritual warfare is not in the Bible. So it's an understanding of some principles that are mm. in Scripture. Mm-hmm. But if you went looking through a lexicon to say, I need to find the words spiritual warfare, you, you wouldn't find it. What you would find is, for example, you mentioned uh, Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul says, our fight isn't against people. Mm-hmm. It's against spiritual powers. Mm-hmm. And, and it is. Oftentimes, those spiritual powers are at work in the lives of people. So it can be difficult sometimes to separate the two because you can see the person. You don't necessarily see the spiritual power that's behind what they're doing or how mm-hmm. they're yeah. trying to shape culture or shape a situation. You see the person. So you always have to remember that we are all spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. 
we are also physical beings. We live our spiritual life in our flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to experience the life of the Spirit is in your body. That's where we live, okay? <laughs> so um, so you, can, you can see people who are bringing resistance to the things of God. You can see the people that are standing in the way of, of the spread of the gospel or of God's goodness in whatever way it might be. But you have to remember, as Paul said, behind all of that, there are spiritual forces at work. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not to be feared. Mm-hmm. It helps to understand, but it's not something to be afraid of. Um, and it's also something that your, your eyes need to be opened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a passage in 2 Kings mm-hmm. 6 mm-hmm. where Elisha and his servant um, are coming under attack and the servant is scared to death of what's going on and Elisha prays. He says, God, open that guy's eyes. Mm. <laughs> and at that moment, the servant looks up onto the hills, it says, and he sees this host of an army of, uh, uh, of angels on chari- chariots of fire. That's mm-hmm. where they got the, yeah. the name for the movie, on chariots of fire. He sees something in a spiritual realm that he didn't realize was there. Mm-hmm. That there actually was more to this battle than just the physical enemy that was coming against him. Because as Paul says, we don't wrestle. It's not, a, it's not about people. The enemy, the spiritual enemy uses people just like God uses people, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. God does his work on the earth through his people. Right. The enemy does his work on the earth through people uh, who are, for whatever reason, um, are are either controlled or susceptible to to his influence Mm -hmm. or ignorant of anything else, and that's all they know. So they just pursue whatever the influences of of our spiritual enemy, of the devil. Mm. And we'll call him that, the devil, Satan, Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very real. His forces are real because um, we see it throughout Scripture. We mm-hmm. see it again in I'm, – I'm, I'm giving you a very long answer. That's I hope cr- you don't have lots no, of questions. Please. <laughs> Remember, I'm a dad. I give dad answers. They're very long. <laughs> uh, uh, we see the same kind of thing in Daniel chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Where Daniel is praying, and and the angel of the Lord shows up and says, "I began. I started coming to you with an answer three days ago. Yeah, but I was held up by the prince of Persia. You go, what's the prince of Persia? He's talking about a spiritual force. So there, until until I believe he said it was Michael. The mm-hmm. angel Michael came and helped me out with this. So there there are these forces at war, these spiritual beings at war, um, and we are a part of that." We are a part of that battle. Um, I'll, I'll, st- I'll stop there. You can keep going <laughs> with, with more so, questions because I could just keep talking. So. We like it. Um, so thinking about the example when Elisha's servant's eyes were opened, where where is that spiritual battle taking? Is it another dimension, another realm? Like where is the spiritual battle taking place? Is it in in another dimension like where is that <laughs> another dimension meaning what like a spiritual dimension perhaps i mean his eyes were opened and he saw something what did he yeah. see and where was it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it takes place in both the spiritual and the physical dimension 
Okay. Because we live in the spiritual and the physical dimension. We are physical beings. We are also spiritual beings. So that this battle is taking place in both dimensions. Um, Paul even says, let me see if I can find it here. Let me read it. I th- uh, uh, let me back up to understanding who you are in Christ. Because it can be so easy for people to get freaked out and afraid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then they yeah. start looking for demons under every rock. Yeah. You know? Right. And you just go, come on. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that doesn't mean that the demonic is not real. It yeah. just, but it's, again, it's not something to be feared when you know who you are in Christ. Mm. That's, that's right? super important. When you know who you are in Christ, when you know who you are because of Christ, when you know that scripture is very clear, Jesus led captivity captive. That, the, that on the one hand, it's, it, it's sort of like when we talk about how we, we live in between the now and the not yet. Yeah. So on the one hand, we say the battle is won. But at the same time, we're in a battle. And I often think of it, um, and for anyone, for the two of you and anybody else listening, please Hear me out. Take the politics out of what I'm about to say, okay? <laughs> Take the politics out of it. Take the right or wrong out of it. Mm. It's just an example that comes into my bald head, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> when, the, when the United States forces took out Saddam Hussein mm-hmm. in Iraq, mm-hmm. right? It was very quick. Took him out. War was over. America won this thing. There were still terrorists in the land Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who were not willing to just give up every little piece of territory. So on the one hand, yes, you win this war, but then you immediately have to start going door to door Mm -hmm. Mm, and start clearing out the the remnant Mm -hmm. of resistance, right? Mm. So yes, the the battle for our souls has been won by Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He does have the name above every name. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Mm -hmm. So in a very real sense, yes, the victory is our greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. All of that is very true. But at the same time, there is a daily battle that we are involved in, Mm -hmm. in essence, of going door to door, if you will, through door to door through the territory of your own life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? The weaknesses, the strongholds of thinking that are not godly thinking, that tend to control your thinking. Going through areas of your life and, and bringing the truth and the authority of the name of Jesus into those situations to recapture, to buy back, to set free yourself and others mm-hmm. from the captivity that they have been in. Hmm. So it is very real. As I said, it's not something to be feared. But the thing about opening your eyes, I'm glad you brought that up because in um, in Ephesians, so we'll go back to Ephesians, actually chapter 2, chapter 1 and chapter 2, before we even get to 6. See how I did the math there? Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> so Paul is writing about this, and it, and it has to do with this issue of your position in Christ. Mm-hmm. So you understand your authority, and you understand your divine call and responsibility. Mm-hmm. So he, he begins in chapter 1. He says, 
I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about. That's what's mm-hmm. happening in 2 Kings 6. Mm-hmm. I'm praying that the eyes of your heart be opened, be enlightened. Why? In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. So he hasn't called you to a hopelessness. Right. He wants your eyes to be open so you can see, oh, wait a minute, there's hope here. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a guarantee. There's something here that I can take hold of because it's already been given to me mm-hmm. by God. Mm-hmm. Right. So he goes on. <clears throat> he says, uh, so your eyes will be open so you can know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. He wants you to see this, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. power of God for us who believe. He says that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So it's that power that's available to us. God has already said that. But here's where it gets really interesting. He says that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him, past tense, at his right hand, that's a hand of favor, Mm -hmm. seated Christ at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So he set him above all spiritual authority, above all powers, And he's seated there now, and it says, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again. Not only in the present age, but in the one to come. You can miss something unless you read it backwards. (laughs) Not only in the age to come, but in the the present present age. age. Now. Mm -hmm. Right now. Mm -hmm. It's not for somewhere off in the great by and by. When Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, he was not just talking about your eternal home in heaven, the mansion over the hilltop, right? Mm. That gives you hope for the future, but it doesn't give you hope for now. (laughs) Right. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. What's the place he's gone to prepare for you? Well, where is he? He said, so that where I am, you may be also. Well, where is he? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Mm -hmm. Okay? He says, and God has placed all things under his feet. And appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And then he goes on in chapter two. Remember when Paul wrote, there were no chapters, there were no verses. He just just kept writing. He's just writing. He's doing a brain dump, right? Mm -hmm. He says, and because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions because it is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up, past tense. Mm. Not someday he will. He already did. Mm -hmm. He raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So in God's (laughs) eyes, you're already seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. Wow. So you go, okay, well, those are lovely words, but how does that actually work? Because the Bible says, I'm seated in heavenly places, but I'm standing on the earth. Right. So here's where it comes back to this idea of spiritual warfare. Is that you are seated at the right hand of the Father, 
this place of favor, mm -hmm. seated in Christ, not in a physical sense, right. obviously. Mm -hmm. And it's not just in a spiritual sense. What he's talking about is an authoritative sense, mm -hmm. like a sitting judge or a sitting president. You, you have a place of authority from which you now wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against these spiritual powers. Okay? It's a place of authority that you have already been given in Christ, whose name is above every name. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm so just... that's why I'm saying it's not something to be afraid of. It's something that's already accomplished in the mind and the eyes of God. Now it is our work, our duty, to go about door-to-door, -door, sure. bringing that influence of God's kingdom wherever we go as his people. Mm -hmm. Wow. Is that making sense? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm taking it in. Okay, <laughs> you know? okay. No, so, so, so when you say, okay, well, so I'm, I'm at this, in this spiritual war. Yeah, we are, because we're spiritual beings. We're also in physical bodies. So you have, you have an obligation mm -hmm. to pray, Mm -hmm. to intercede, to go to war. Right. You have an obligation to pray because you're standing on the earth. But you have the authority to pray because you're seated with Christ. Mm -hmm. He's given you the authority already. He says, go in my name. All authority, Matthew 28. All authority has been given to me. Now go in my name. Right? Make disciples. Yeah. I'm just thinking how grateful I am that for anybody for whom this is new, that they're hearing it in this context. They're hearing it in the context of the authority given to them as a child of God, not as the scary thing. Because the reality is we are all in this battle, whether we recognize it or not. When Jason was saying that he was a believer for a long time before he he heard and learned about this, that's my story too. I mean, I accepted Christ when I was 12. I mean, I knew I had my habits. I had my quiet time. I did my things. Yeah. I had no clue that there was a spiritual battle. I had no clue that I was part of something bigger than that, that this whole idea of the authority and being seated with Christ, like that, that was not part of my mm -hmm. 1980s discipleship. <laughs> and so I'm just grateful that anybody hearing it is hearing it in this context because it's, it can be intimidating and it can be, it can feel like, oh, that's more than I signed up for. I signed up for Jesus is going to make my life better. Yeah. Jesus is going to fix my problems. Yeah. <laughs> not, I'm going to war, <laughs> you know, so it's. So on the one hand, yes, Jesus is going to fix your problems. But on the other hand, you're going to fix his. Mm. That's why you are burdened for prayer things. Yeah. Because they're, they are burdens on the heart of God. Mm. And he calls his people to partner with him in accomplishing his purposes on the earth. Mm -hmm. So you go in the name of Jesus mm -hmm. because you've been given that authority. Yeah. And so you can step into a situation and and pray for the accomplishment of the will of God. That's what Jesus said. This is how you pray. Mm -hmm. Your mm -hmm. kingdom come, your will be done. So God let your authority let it come into this situation right here. Mm -hmm. Let mm -hmm. your will, your wisdom, the way you see things should be done. Let that happen right here on this piece of earth just as it is in the heavenly realm. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. and so we're called then to step into situations, and we do it in prayer. We're not going in. I hope I can say this. We're not going in to kick butts and take names. Okay, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> People talk about binding and loosing. You know? Yeah. And Jesus even said, 
you can't go into a strong man's house until you bind the man first, right? Right, right. <clears throat> So we talk about binding and loosing, but when he, when he, th that biblical picture is a, it's a great picture, but it's easily misunderstood. Sure. He's not talking about taking a rope and tying somebody's arms with it. Yeah. That's not what he means by binding. Right. Again, it's a legal sense. Mm. He's talking about, that's why Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will already have been bound in heaven. Mm. He's talking, it, it would be like a contract. A contract that has been signed, negotiated, signed, and it is now binding on someone. Mm -hmm. So the authority to walk in the name of Jesus and to bring the will of God into a situation, to bring his authority into a situation, and to say, it's already been signed in heaven. Mm. Now my role is to prayerfully make way to bring it to bear on the earth. In this piece of earth where I live, mm -hmm. whatever you bind on earth, whatever you loose on earth, he says, will have already been loosed in heaven. It's just appropriating what has already been done yeah. in God's eyes mm -hmm. at the throne of God. Is now saying, okay, if... And that's why it's so important to be people of the word. Right. So you know what is ours. So you, the more you know the word of God, the more you know the will of God. Mm -hmm. Right. And the more you know the will of God, you know how to pray. Right. Okay. Yeah. According to the will of God. <laughs> right. That's why we need to be people of the word. So you can, you can step into a situation to say, I know what the word of God says, and therefore I'm going to bring that into this situation. And that kind of prayer can actually be done. It's not just praying against the enemy. Right. It's also praying to the Father. Yeah. For his will. Yes. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's that kind of prayer is where you say, Lord, you said. Yeah. And I'm holding you at your word. Well, you've Lord, talked, you said. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to let go of that because you said. Mm -hmm. Right? That's a binding. That's a bringing to bear mm. something that has already been signed. And now you're saying, okay, we're going to allocate it into this situation. Prayerfully. Mm. I love that. Yeah, I, I wanted to to bring up a specific passage because again, I think I think what you've laid is a wonderful foundational framework for people who are just starting to maybe get kind of a grasp on it. Like, okay, first and foremost, it comes back to who we are in relationship with God, in our authority in prayer or in authority in Christ, and going in His name, and that's and, and that's kind of sets the framework. So I, I know what people may be asking is, okay, help help me understand some of these parts of the Bible that talk a little bit more about the warfare element and and if we could put it in context of what you just said. So so like Ephesians six twelve is one that comes up a lot. You know, it says, "For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms." So can you uh, help listeners understand something like that in the context of what you we were just talking about? Yeah, so um, it's something I have to remind myself of mm. all the time. Because, again, remember, we're spiritual beings in a physical body. We live in a world, a physical world. But we're spiritual people. Mm -hmm. We're spiritual forces at work. And just as the Spirit of God moves and directs the people of God, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the spirit of the enemy can move and direct people in the wrong direction. So all that to say, when I watch the news, when I listen to whatever I'm listening to or seeing whatever I'm seeing, mm -hmm. 
And there's all of this assault on decency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to get really angry with the people. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as though you don't see that behind all of that are spiritual forces at work. Sure. Whose really only priority is to defeat the work of God. Mm-hmm. That's all they care about, is to defeat the work of God on the earth, those spiritual forces. Sure. And that's why Paul is saying, look, your fight is not against the person rioting in the streets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a spirit behind all of that. And that's who the real fight is with. Hmm. Yes, that, that doesn't mean you just let people do what they want to do. Right. But it's understanding who the real enemy is. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not saying they're puppets. <clears throat> they're not puppets. They have a will. They're making choices. They're making choices, but often they're blind choices. Hmm. Because the enemy has blinded them to the things of God. Wow. <clears throat> and and so remembering who you're actually at war with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it really forces me to... Often, and this is almost a confession here in front of you two and anybody else that happens to be listening to me, <laughs> a confession of reminding myself what I have preached before. Sure. But at the same time, I find it so hard to practice. Oh, mm. for sure. For sure. And that is to remember that when I see something like that going on, I see somebody who is espousing something that is so evil sure. or unbiblical. To, rem- to, to, to ask myself the question, to stop and ask the question, how do I see that person right now? Do I see that person as a bad guy? Or do I see him as a lost guy? Because if you see them as a bad guy, you will respond defensively, mm-hmm. with anger, right? If you see them as a lost guy, it can stir up some compassion mm-hmm. to say, this guy, it's like Jesus said, Father, forgive. They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it taps us into the heart of Jesus to mm-hmm. see them that way, not as, oh, look at these bad people. Because, man, it's so easy for me to think of them as bad people. Yeah. But to go, no, buddy. <laughs> they're lost people. They're doing some bad stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they're lost people. They have no idea who they are, where they are, or what they're doing, Mm -hmm. or why. Mm. They have no idea who's behind their behavior. Wow. These spiritual forces that are at work. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of, I mean, that's such a powerful reminder and a powerful image, but I want to kind of contrast it. And you kind of referenced it a, a little bit earlier, but there was a time when... There was an old Saturday Night Live sketch, the church lady. I don't know oh, yeah, if you've ever church. been to watching Dana SNL. Yeah. Dana yeah. Carvey, uh-huh. of course. So, but, I mean, he was finding, could it be Satan? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Satan was behind everything, and it was uh-huh. the, the foul demon of this and, the you know, of whatever uh-huh. sin or habit. And I get the sense, based on what you said earlier, that that, is that what Paul's talking about? I mean, I felt like that was an overcharacterization, blaming everything on the enemy that... <laughs> Satan? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So help us, help us sort of discern, or figure out how to discern when it's really the enemy, or when it's really, you know, just somebody making bad choices. Or is there a way to discern that? I don't, you know, because he was looking for Satan around every corner, and I'm not sure that, you know. You know, I saw a cartoon 
years yeah. ago. A long, long time ago. <laughs> Back in the days of newspapers, <laughs> I saw a cartoon, and the devil was sitting on the front stairs of a church crying. And a man asked him, why are you crying? And he said, it's these Christians. They blame me for everything. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things that are bad happen because of our own stupidity. Okay. So oftentimes things happen and Satan didn't have to do anything. We just sit back and watch. <laughs> yeah. You know? Look at them go. Yeah, go. <laughs> just turn them loose. Um but the scriptures make it clear that there are there are demonic forces that are at work, and and there does need to be some discernment in it. Okay. But as I joked earlier, it's not like there's a demon under every rock or around every right. corner. Um. But it it ta- it does take a certain discernment to be able to look into a situation and say, "What's going on in this situation? What's really at work here? Is this just somebody making a bad choice?" Or is this somebody who is being motivated by, not only by a lie, but by a liar, mm. you know? Uh, has, has somebody really just given their life over to darkness? Yeah. Mm. Um, and, of course, we see it in, in, the, in the Gospels, and we see it in the book of Acts, where there right. were people who were influenced or possessed uh, by demonic forces. And, sure, like and Judas. in the name of Jesus, they were set free. It happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I believe it still happens. Mm-hmm. And I believe we still have the same authority that they had in the New Testament to set things straight. But I also don't think that you just go into every single situation and look for demons. Okay. I don't, I don't think you need to. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it was just something that I was thinking about because I, I felt like there's a, t- you know, there's a balance recognizing the spiritual battle and recognizing that it's, you know, it's going on all the time, whether we recognize it or not. But at the same time, there's also sinful choices. Yeah. So, But but if you're ever in a situation where you even wonder, okay, is something something spiritual going on here? Well, then give it the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And in prayer, remember, so Ephesians 6.12, we brought up here several times. Okay, here's who you wrestle against. And then Paul says, so therefore you need to put on this armor. Right. Okay. And he, he, what he's talking about there is not, you know, taking, put on, putting on a helmet and then taking it off the next day or right. picking up a shield and then putting it down. He's talking about how you live your life, mm-hmm. that you live your life at thinking with the mind of Christ, thinking like a saved person. That's the helmet of salvation, right? Et cetera. Mm-hmm. So all, all of that metaphor is, is about a lifestyle. He says, so having done all of that, you're living this way now. He says, now pray. Mm-hmm. So that's the strategy of the war, is you pray. Prayer is not a weapon. Prayer is a strategy. That's how you pray. Okay, he says, having done all this, now pray. So <clears throat> if you're in a situation and you wonder, is there something really of, of just evil that's going on here? Some demonic force at play? Is the devil involved? Some? Like I said, give it the benefit of the doubt and just begin to pray against it. Mm. And, and just to declare out loud in the name of Jesus, this is who I am and in the authority of the word of God and through the blood of Jesus Christ, I come against this in Jesus' name and say, look, wherever I go, I bring the kingdom of God with me. Mm. That's, the, that's the right and the, and the privilege and the responsibility we're given as followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. 
It's what it means to be an ambassador of Christ. Mm-hmm. You take that kingdom with you. It says, I'm stepping into this situation, and I am praying for the, for the, the freedom and the, uh, uh, the wisdom of God to come into this situation, for the grace of Jesus to be poured into this thing, and, and, and to just take spiritual authority when mm-hmm. you feel like you need to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering, so there, I'm sure there are, are people who even, who even just talking about like, yes, the Bible says there are demonic forces and that's still true. There are probably people who are still f- feeling very uncomfortable with even just that idea, mm-hmm. you know, especially, you know, if they watch movies or TV and see pictures of, of demons <laughs> and they just, oh dear, you know, it can make them feel really uncomfortable un- or uneasy. Uh, so how can what sort of uh, encouragement could you offer people who just who may be feeling like I don't like talking about any of this? <laughs> well, on the one hand, I would say, well, then don't. <laughs> it doesn't have to occupy your mind, and sadly, for a lot of people, it does. Right, and then they live their life in fear or confusion, mm-hmm. or like we've been saying, looking for a demon under every rock. But at the same time, it's not something to be ignorant of or to pretend that it doesn't exist. But you don't have to be afraid. Mm. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. If, If you know who you are in Christ, it's not something you really even have to think about. But when you see it, you know what to do. Wow. It's sort of like, I am not afraid that my house is going to catch fire. I never even think about my house catching fire. But if it did, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to sit around all day long going, oh, no, my house might catch fire tonight. <laughs> Still make sure the stove is off. Yeah. 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 You just, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. No, that is true. <laughs> you do You do want to make sure that I'm, I'm not somehow providing yeah, in, you know, entrance or vulnerability yeah, of some yeah, yeah. kind because of my own stupid choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something I sit in in fear of. But it's also not something I sit in denial of. Mm-hmm. It is real. I think that almost explains why so many of us grew up without knowing about it. Because I think if it's something that sounds scary and it's you're coming at it from a place of, do you know how much risk you're in? You know. You know what's happening around you. I mean, it makes sense. You know, I was going to ask why we don't talk about it, but it seems the more we talk about it, the more I can see why we don't really, we, it hasn't been taught about because people don't understand it from the position of our identity in Christ. It becomes this really scary, Satan's out to get you and he's going to devour you like a roaring lion. And so you need to be afraid. So no wonder we don't share it with people. No wonder we yeah. don't train people up in this. Right. But he's so, not going to devour you. Right. The lions didn't devour Daniel and exactly. his pals, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the lion was real, but it didn't, didn't even get a nibble. Right. He was looking who he may devour, but he doesn't because we have the victory in Christ, which is what I'm hearing. Belong to. Right. Yeah. But now we push to the other side. So does that mean that every prayer gets answered the way you want it to and everything's all hunky-dory? And the answer is no. Right. It's not, because we do live in a broken world. And sometimes you don't get the answer to the prayer that you were hoping for. Mm-hmm. 
But that does not mean that Jesus has been defeated. But you're right. That so often preachers or teachers don't even go to the subject matter, partly because it's confusing. Yeah. Or they're afraid of it themselves, or they just never really bothered to stop and think about it. You know, to find out what what is this and what does it mean. They don't want to confuse people. I get it. I wouldn't want to confuse anybody either. I hope I'm not confusing anybody. <laughs> hey, don't send me any letters. Hey, I'm confusing you. <clears throat> um, what I am hoping that people will just be at least begin to understand is is who they are in Christ. Mm-hmm. That Jesus didn't save us just so we can go to heaven when we die. Mm. He saved us so we can partner with him in, in bringing redemption to the earth. Mm-hmm. In, in praying for the will and the wisdom of God and then bringing it into the situation. There, there are two kinds of intercession. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's intercessory prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So intercession, to intercede means to stand between. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, the, 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 the Hebrew word the, obviously, the Old Testament about intercession to intercede is the word. I, I don't remember the the actual word itself off the top of my head, but it means to impinge. It means to like like the the fangs of a snake mm. to grab a hold of. Oh, okay. To seize, um, or, or actually not just to seize, but to seize upon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You can think of a, a of a of an eagle seizing upon a fish in the water, mm-hmm. right? Impinge, to grab it. <clears throat> that's the word in the Old Testament that's used for intercede. It's this coming between and taking hold of two parties and bringing them together, okay? So I'm coming before God on behalf of a sinful nation or a broken situation or a, a, a sick person, whatever it might be. So there's, there's prayers of intercession. So there's intercessory prayer. I said there are two kinds of intercession. Intercessory prayer... And then there's intercessory living. Mm. And intercessory living is, as I've said before, is, is in your life bringing to bear the mind and the will of God into a situation. Okay. Jesus talks about, or not Jesus, excuse me. Isaiah talks about this. <clears throat> when he says, this is what God says, this is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for people who will will bind up the brokenhearted. Well, Jesus said it too, mm-hmm. okay? Quoting from Isaiah 61, he said it in Luke 4. Mm-hmm. He said, <clears throat> I've come to, to bind up the brokenhearted, right? Mm-hmm. And to set captive, captives free. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a kind of, of living, of going into the world to make disciples and to bring the life and the love of Christ into the world around you. That's mm-hmm. a type of an intercession. Mm-hmm. And we're called to do both. Our warfare is both physical and spiritual. We are waging war against these spiritual forces, and we do that in prayer. On the physical realm is where we intercede with our life Mm -hmm. and step into the gaps and step into the brokenness to bring healing and hope and the will and the wonder of God Mm -hmm. through the way we live our life. All of it is spiritual warfare. Wow. Mm. So for people who want to start engaging more in this in this arena not in, in, who want to start to 
not be ignorant of it, but want to um, take ownership of their part in it. Mm-hmm. What is uh, a next step that they could start to do or start to think about? Is there some? Is there some a resource that you would recommend pointing to? It wouldn't necessarily say just type in spiritual warfare into Amazon and just buy all the books. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and there are lots of books, and lots of them are nuts. That's that. That's kind yeah. of the fear. Can <laughs> I say that? Uh huh. <clears throat> Someone would say that about me. He's nuts. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I am, but for entirely different reasons. Um, um, uh, so I, I, this is going to sound extraordinarily self-serving, but it's not meant to be because I don't make a penny off of it. Um, but I would recommend that that people get a hold of my small group study called the Purpose, Practice, and Power of Prayer. Yeah, I was going to mention because that. the subtitle is Strategies for Spiritual Warfare. Mm-hmm. And in that study, there's six sessions. They're each about 20 minutes-ish video, 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, maybe they're longer. I can't remember. Anyway, Some of them are longer, but that's all right. Some of them are longer. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in that study, I talk about um, the armor of God, what it means, mm-hmm. okay? the armor and the, and the weapons of warfare. I talk about... Um, your authority in Christ. I talk about covering the territory that you need to pray for. Mm-hmm. I talk about how to pray with persistence, how to pray with power. Um, there are patterns for prayer. And then the last session is about what are you, what are you left with when God says no? Mm-hmm. Mm. So all of that is in that study. And there are videos of it. Um, you can give somehow on in the back matter of this uh, of this conversation. I'll talk about what I'll put in the show notes. How they could get their hands on it, how they could watch the videos. It's a small group study, but you could do it on your own. Yeah. The other tool, um, and I, I, I can't remember if we have it available online. If we don't, we need to, is uh, a booklet that I wrote with my folks, my parents, who really in in our day and age were pioneers in, National Intercession Movement. Mm. My dad founded Intercessors for America. They taught all over the globe on spiritual warfare and intercession. And there's a, a book that we co-wrote called Praying for Peace. Mm-hmm. And we, we wrote it originally for our peace teams that are going on mission. But it, it applies in any kind of missional life, which we all are called to, right? And it's a book about how do you, how do you pray for these things? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not long. Yeah. It's like 100 pages maybe. Not even that long. 80 pages. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But it's about how do you pray before you go? How do you pray while you're on task? Mm-hmm. Whether it's going a- across the sea or across the street. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, of, of just how, how do you open your eyes to see what's going on here in a spiritual way? Um how do you pray when you've returned to continue praying for the situation you were in? And for those who maybe aren't with you, but are supporting you in prayer, how do they pray about these things? Mm. So that's a little booklet on spiritual warfare from a missional aspect. So those two resources people could get a hold of, and they're both, I think they're, I don't know if they're free or what. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can mention <laughs> that. So for Saddleback Small Group, if you are a part of Saddleback Church and in a small group, then you could find uh, the Purpose Power Practice of Prayer, for purpose, practice, and power of prayer. 
I forget. I always mess up the mm-hmm. order. Um, on saddleback.com slash studies, if you're not part of a Saddleback small group, we are working on making that study available through uh, our new Amazon page that we are working on building. In the meantime, what we do have that would, I think, speak well to this is um, a, a talk that you did a number of years ago called The Purpose, Practice, and Power Prayer, yeah. um, which I will link in the in the show notes, too. It was a video. Um, yeah, there are two of those. One was a weekend sermon, and then one was There's the two of them. conversations in, yes. in spiritual maturity. That's the one. Yes, that's the oh. one I was going to link to. Yes, it's like an hour and a half. And, so, and yeah. let me just say this. If you decide to watch that, <laughs> Jason said it's an hour and 45 minutes. Yes. Okay? Let me say that again. It's an hour <laughs> and 45 minutes. <laughs> there, the, and it's, it's in three parts, three sections. So the first 35, 40 minutes I'm teaching about these principles— then we spend about a half an hour or maybe a little more where we broke the audience up into groups and I led them through a prayer time mm-hmm. that, that was specific to some topics at, the, at that time. Mm-hmm. If you're watching this video, when we get to that prayer time, don't just turn it off because we're not done. You can speed through it <laughs> because after that prayer time, there was a Q&A yeah. that went on for another half an hour or more on more of this, more just passing on more information and teaching about the subject matter. So be sure you, you watch the first part of it, and then you can skip the little prayer circles and then pick up after that for the conversation that took place afterwards. Yeah, and um, and then the booklet that you did with your parents, I believe we, we linked to that in Purpose, Power, and Practice, a prayer small group study, so I can find it and put it in the show notes too. Yeah, yeah, that would be great to just put it up. Yeah, yeah. And I can just get a hold of it. It's it's a it's a really good little product. And yeah. Again, I don't make a penny off of it, so I can promote it all I want. But I think it's a really helpful tool. Great. Yeah. Well, buddy, I just want to thank you for your time. Thank you for just offering some clarity in and into a topic that is uh, has a, a history of being unclear. <laughs> and I, I'm sure that everybody who is listening can, you know, it feels, I, I imagine the biggest takeaway for people is that I don't have to be afraid. Right. I don't have to live in fear. Right. Um, because I, I, because of my identity and, yeah. and, and, and where I sit. Yeah. And um, that's powerful. Just walk in the authority the Lord's given you. Love it. Well, again, thank you for your time. Friends, uh, I, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as Linda and I did. <laughs> Linda's just over here beaming. Um, <laughs> and um, yes, we will. Uh, so so check out the show notes for all those resources that we talked about. And uh, otherwise, we'll be back with you again with uh, another fun new episode next Tuesday. Hey, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com 
send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.